Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Maroon Friday edition of the Yard. Hope things are well with you today. Hope it's a payday for you because I love you and I want you to have nice things. And I know we're getting down to the last two weekends of Christmas shopping. And so uh, anytime that we get a chance to get out and go spend some money on the people we love is always a great thing. I have already done just about all of my Christmas shopping. That's one of the great things about traveling as much as I have over the course of the last two months is I get out and about and I get some free time. Not a lot of it, but I take advantage of it when I have it. When I'm spending out of town, I got to do some shopping at some places that perhaps uh, the family's not quite as familiar with. And I go buy the stuff and I hide it because I'm shady like that. Just call me Santa Villain. So uh, I hope that you guys get a chance to get out and spoil the people that you love. I love Christmas time. I do. And not just because I get things. And I guess it's one of those things about maturing and getting older. I love being able to give things to my children. I love being able to see them get much of what they want and a lot of what they need. And uh, very, very blessed, very grateful to be able to do that for them. And so you as parents, I know that you appreciate that more than anything. It's so nice to be able to do something wonderful for the people that you care about. And so my hope is this Christmas that you're able to do that. And because you're able to do that, my hope is that perhaps maybe, just maybe, you'll be part of Project Christmas Tree or something of that, of that nature, something with your church or your community to help some of those that are probably a little less fortunate. Because every kid should have a big Christmas. Every kid. Every, every, every kid. I want to thank our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company. Absolutely love the folks at Bulldog Burger Company. I don't think I've ever had a bad experience there. And that's even before they were sponsors of the show. I mean, I went, I guess, the first week they were open. And I've been going ever since. We'll probably slide in there next week before we leave town. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting back to Bulldog Burger Company. As I tell you guys, too, there's two locations now to serve you. The Great Pimentology is now available in two Mississippi counties. It's big news there. It's big news. Go enjoy that. And there are many of you in Tupelo that perhaps, you know, maybe game day, it's tough for you to get into Bulldog Burger here and start. Well, now you've got a Bulldog Burger company of your own right there on Gloucester Street. And of course, the flagship here on University uh, in Starkville. Go by, find your own favorites. And listen, you all know a starving college student. And if you're looking for stocking stuffers for those college students at Mississippi State, give the gift of restaurant quality hamburgers. Visit them on the World Wide Web at Bulldog Burger Company, and you can find gift certificates there, or you can take care of it in person. Always a great gift. Give the gift of nourishment at Bulldog Burger Company. Bulldog Burger Company, the place in Starkville and now Tupelo, where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. Our big story today, Colin Hill, going pro. Going pro. We had talked about it was probably 50-50, and he's waiting for his draft grade. It is no longer 50-50. He is coming out. So... Not totally unexpected, but a bit of a disappointment. If we are being honest with ourselves, as I mentioned yesterday, selfishly, you know, we want Kyle and Hill to come back. We do. 
but what we want when what is maybe what we feel is best for Mississippi State may not be what's best for Colin Hill. And so I, I think a lot of Colin Hill, I wish him the absolute best. I hope he goes and, and gets drafted very early and has a long career. You know, running backs, the shelf life for running backs in the National Football League is not very long. A lot of wear and tear at the position. It's very difficult to have an extended career as a running back. It's not like it was in the 70s and 80s. It's a much different deal now. You got linebackers and defensive backs are bigger, faster than ever. So it's a different day. And so my hope is that Kylan goes and gets drafted and gets with a great organization and makes a ton of money and then at some point comes back and gets his degree. But I know that Kylan Hill is true maroon. And when we, when we began this season, many of us said, you know what, I hope Kylan Hill has a season good enough that will enable him to come out because we wanted Mississippi State to have a big year. Now, we haven't had a big year, but Kylan has had a big year. Yes, he's had some ball games that have been a little bit up and down, and a lot of that's got really got to do with offensive line play and the, and the fact that we've had our you know two starting quarterback kind of banged up. I wish Kyle on the absolute best, as you guys do. So, what do we look like next year at running back? That's the million dollar question right now, and uh, we haven't had a chance to see the team practice in a long time. You know, we've heard some reports that Kareem Walker's doing some nice things, and again, if we get anything from Kareem Walker. I take that as a bit of a bonus. I expect Lee Witherspoon to be the marquee back next year. I think he will get the lion's share of the carries. I think he will be the guy that's highlighted in the spring. In addition to those two, you're going to have Jaquavius Marks, who is an early graduate, who was set to sign with Mississippi State on Wednesday. He shut down his recruiting process earlier this week, you know, had, had the in-home visit with Dan Mullen and then elected to uh, – to go ahead and say, guys, I'm going to stick with Mississippi State. You know, we have been on both ends of that deal, haven't we? <laughs> you know, we've, we have been on that deal when Dan Mullen was our coach. You go in and as the in-home visit, you think, okay, he's going to go close it out. He wasn't able to do it. So in this respect, I think we all feel okay about that. But Marks is a guy that's going to be here and take part in bowl practices. And while that benefits us none in bowl practice, it benefits him a great deal. And I think him being here for the spring is tremendous because this is a guy, number one, that needs to be in our strength and conditioning program while he is explosive and and very, 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 very quick. He's got to put on some mass, and he'll be able to do some of that, obviously. You know, he'll have the benefit of the, the spring and the summer workouts. And by the time the season gets here, I think he can be in pretty good shape as far as being prepared to take some of the wear and tear uh, as an SEC back. I don't expect him to start. I do expect him to play beyond the four games. Dylan Johnson also coming in, much different running back. Dylan Johnson's a lot bigger than Jaquavius Marks. There was some discussion early on that Dylan Johnson could play a number of positions. We're recruiting him to play running back because we need him to play running back. It's an important part of the process, you know. Got to be able to run football. So we got two young guys, two four-star running backs coming in, and I had a discussion last night with another friend in the media and uh, we were talking about the job that Terry Richardson has done here at Mississippi State. It's kind of flown onto the radar a bit, and I don't know that Terry Richardson has gotten the credit that he uh, is due. So Terry Richardson, in year one at Mississippi State, produces the SEC leading rusher in Kylan Hill and gets the most production out of Nick Gibson that we've seen in his career. And, I, and again, I think Nick's been underutilized throughout his career. In addition to that, 
you get Lee Witherspoon some reps, you get him to get his feet wet and kind of get him, grooming him to be the guy next year. And then you find a way to get Kareem Walker in school and then have him work on a scout team to give him some reps, to get him back into football shape and kind of leading into the spring. On top of all of that, Terry Richardson has two four-star running back commitments. And so there, there are times, there are many things that we can say about the staff at Mississippi State. There are some coaches you look at and say, you know what, these guys, a couple of these guys maybe aren't carrying their weight. I don't think you can make that criticism of Terry Richardson because I think he has more than carried his weight. And there were a lot of people that were very critical of the hire when he was hired. But he has come in, again, and produced the SEC leading rusher and has secured the commitments of two four-star running backs. Charles Huff didn't do those things. You know, Charles Huff came in very ballyhooed. And, and, you know, again, a lot of it's because, you know, he was the first hire and Joe brings him from Penn State and he had, uh, you know, coached Saquon Barkley. But I think when you look at the one year of Terry Richardson in Starkville versus the one year with Charles Huff, there is no comparison. Terry Richardson has won that in walk-off fashion. And so because of the fact that I believe, number one, that Mississippi State is recruiting well at the running back position now, we're still kind of righting some wrongs. And that's one of the things, too. All, all of these recruiting woes come home to roost at some point. That's one of the things I don't know that people fully appreciate you know, about these running back classes under Mississippi State. Let's just go back a little bit here and kind of let's talk about how we got here. You go back and you look at the, uh, the 2017 class. That's the Cowan Hill class. All right, so you go, you go grab Cowan Hill. You feel great about that. He has done a wonderful job, had to play as a true freshman. You remember uh, Nick Gibson, Alec Murphy, that class didn't play a whole lot. Alec Murphy ended up uh, having some injuries. And so, you know, Alec was a guy that would have been a redshirt senior this year. You didn't have him, so you've got some depth issues there. We flash ahead to 2018, which on paper looked like a great year for Mississippi State. And there are still some big names there that are still left to kind of develop. There's some guys that we expect some big things from. But LaDamian Webb was a guy that we signed. He was former Mr. Football in Alabama. He didn't qualify. He was the only running back in that class. And so you begin to kind of think about this in hindsight. You go sign Colin Hill. He plays as a true freshman. Then all of a sudden, LaDamian Webb doesn't show up, and you've got an issue. Because running backs in this league, you know, they're going to take a lot of wear and tear. You're going to need a bunch of them. It's going to be very, very difficult to kind of navigate through a season with just a, you know, a couple of running backs. We mentioned earlier Kareem Walker was signed. He's an academic redshirt this year. And I keep getting this question, will he be able to play in the bowl game? No, not this year. He'll be able to play next year's bowl game, but not this year's bowl game. And then Lee Weatherspoon. And so, you know, we invested so much money. money. We invested so much time and effort. And trying to get John Emery last year, we didn't get him. And then ended up uh, getting Lee Witherspoon, a late bloomer, and then Kareem Walker, you know, a guy, to be fair, kind of on a scrap heap of college football. You know, a guy that was an Under Armour All-American that goes to Michigan, has some academic issues, enrolls at Fort Scott Community College, one of the worst community college programs in the country. He goes there, you know, 
was the leading uh, ground gainer, I guess. Didn't play a whole lot, and now he's here. And so I mentioned if, if you get anything from him, it's a bonus. But that's kind of where we are right now. And the running back position next year, you look at it and you say, you know, on paper, this could be a mess. And you know it could be because you're not going to have Kyle on Hill back. And that's the guy, obviously, that you expect some big things from. But, again, we've had a year to kind of get ready for this. And that's one thing that Charles Huff told me last year. He goes, you know, if Kylan Hill goes and has a big, uh, you know, 1,200, 1,300-yard season and gets on out of here, you know, that's uh, that kind of opens the door for some other guys. Now, now it's time for those other guys. Absolutely time for those other guys. So Lee Weatherspoon, I think, has got to be the uh, – you got to do it by committee. But I think when you look at this thing and say, okay, you get Kareem Walker back, and let's say you can get three or 400 yards out of him. Let's say you get eight or 900 out of Lee Weatherspoon, and then the younger guys come in and, and kind of jump in and make a contribution. Kylan Hill currently 1,347 yards. He just needs a, uh, a decent game. I would even say a, a less than decent game to break Anthony Dixon's single-season record. Garrett Schrader, your second leading rusher at 587, played in 10 games this year. Limited amount in a couple of those ball games. Nick Gibson ran for 379. Tommy Stevens runs for 310. I suspect next year that Garrett Schrader will run for close to 1,000 yards. That's what I expect. Lee Witherspoon this year ran for 84 yards on 18 carries, played in 10 games, didn't start any, but he played a lot. So he exhausted his red shirt. He will get out and play. Had the one touchdown. Uh, 4.7 yards per carry. But I expect Lee Witherspoon, again, to be the, the probably the franchise back next year. Got just enough carries this year to kind of get him acclimated. But the spring is going to be big for him. And so when you look at this running back position, you know, we've got some talent. Incredibly inexperienced. Incredibly. Kareem Walker hadn't played big-time football now um, three or four years. Lee Weatherspoon, limited amount as a true freshman, and then you're going to bring a couple of true freshmen in. That's where we are. That's the reality of the situation. And we knew coming into this year, we needed some to find some value in a guy like Kareem Walker to be a stopgap guy while Lee Weatherspoon began to develop. I think early on we all expected Weatherspoon to redshirt. With Kareem Walker's academic issues, that, that was not a possibility. And so now you begin to look at next year and say, okay, we got to figure this thing out. Not going to have the SEC lead in Russia next year. <laughs> I think we feel pretty confident with that. But you've got to be able to do it by committee and, and probably get some production out of those younger guys to kind of even things up. And again, if Kareem Walker is anywhere close to what he was uh, out of high school, then he can be a very solid number two for you. Uh, but again, I don't expect that guy to come in. I joked with some friends earlier that we're now in the Kareem Walker era. You know, I want to be fair to the kid. You know, there's been some great reports of him from other players in practice. Coaches have said, hey, he's done a good job. And we'll ask Joe about that when we talk to him later today. But again, it's a gamble. I mean, you, you, you're looking at a real, a real situation next year. You know, it's not as dire as this year's defensive tackle position was because you've got some guys that have, that have played a little bit. But... It's very similar. It's very, very, very similar. Got to make it through the spring without any injuries at running back because we're going to be really, really, really young next year. 
You're going to have two true freshmen, a sophomore, and a redshirt senior. It's crazy how it all works out. But again, those are, this is, again, is the recruiting woe coming home to roost because this wasn't properly handled the last couple of years. Some of that responsibility falls on Dan Mullen and this, the Charles Huff year, you know, that that's on Chuck, you know, you go out late, you know, you, you go all in and try to go get John Emery and it doesn't work out. And it costs you a couple of our other guys, but you know, Lee Witherspoon, you know, there's something to be said for a guy that knows how to find the end zone. And that's Lee Witherspoon. So hopefully we can get what we want to get next year as, as a running game. But, um, Got to have some compliment backs out there to keep the defense off of Garrett Schrader. If not, we're going to have a very um, offensive year, similar to what we did offensively in 2017. And I'm not trying to be a killjoy here. I'm just telling you, we have got to be able to run the football, and that is going to be paramount to our success this spring. We have got to get out there. And, again, the good thing is is that three of the four guys we expect to get carries next year will, will go through spring practice. They'll have time to get acclimated. It's just a different deal until you get out there in the SEC, though. It's a different deal. Until you get out there, it's one thing to do it in practice. It's another thing to do it against, you know, Stephen F. Austin, Northwestern State. But when it's fourth and goal on the one, on the road in Oxford, can I trust that guy? You know, that that's where it all comes into play. Mississippi State not going to host any official visitors this weekend unless somebody sneaks in today. Every year, everybody says, hey, Steve, do you expect any surprises? You know, any surprises at this point are of the negative variety. I do think Mississippi State is in a position to add a couple players here in the final days leading into the December signing period. The main thing you're going to want to do is kind of want to hang on to your guys. Now, as it stands right now, we're not aware of any Mississippi State commitments looking to take an official visit anywhere this weekend. That doesn't mean we can't be surprised. We've been there before. The good thing is, is that most of the players at Mississippi State and Ole Miss were both recruiting together. Most of those guys are at the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game this weekend. And so they won't be taking an official visit. Now, I've read some things out there. You know, the NCAA does not change their recruiting calendar because you made a coaching change. They're not going to say, oh, well, listen, guys, we'll let you guys go ahead and take official visits all the way into Tuesday. Guys, dead period's fixing to start. Dead period's fixing to start. Nobody is immune from that. And you remember a couple years ago when Cam Akers came out, you know, Cam was in the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game and then went to Ole Miss for like an afternoon. That, that, that was the visit. They have tried to get some guys, Emmanuel Forbes, Tulu Griffin, and, and 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 out of respect to let me I would say in his uh I guess his birth name incorrectly, I was told yesterday it's Ladietrich Griffin, not Ladiatric, it's Ladietrich. So Tulu, I'm sorry. But he's another guy they were hopeful to kind of get him to extend the process. But Jacob Peeler, who was their area recruiter, has now taken the offensive coordinator job at Texas State. I know Mississippi State was in some discussions trying to get Peeler here. Would have liked to have had him here because he is a guy, number one. You don't need to interview to understand his values. This is a guy that's recruited Mississippi for the last several years. Even when he was a Cal, did a great job there. Would have loved to have had him here. And he was an also and I got too that was you know, kind of keeping Ole Miss in the game with some guys that we have recruited. Now, one could make the argument, yes, he's gotten those guys to kind of prolong the process a bit, but they're still committed to Mississippi State. 
But all that said, anytime you can add a guy that knows how to recruit instead of Mississippi, uh, you want to be able to do that. But Emmanuel Forbes and his Mississippi-Alabama All-Star friends are going to be playing at Southern Miss. And then there'll be the rush of getting home and that sort of stuff. And, uh, yeah, there'll be some coaches waiting on them when they get home. But there's really no point in trying to rush the visit and getting those guys up there. Either you, you try to get them to uh, – I'm sure Ole Miss is thinking, I'd rather have an afternoon with them than nothing at all. But I just don't think that's going to happen. Now, one of the guys that was on campus last weekend, Eli Acker, visited Mississippi State. And, again, he's named Eli for a reason. This is a guy that grew up cheering for Ole Miss. And you've heard me say on this show many times, anytime the guys get to go play for their childhood favorites, it's a great thing. I don't begrudge that of Eli Acker in any way whatsoever. He'll be another Eli offensive lineman at Ole Miss. Remember Eli Johnson? Yeah. I'm an Eli Johnson fan. Dave Johnson works for the network, and, again, I think it's wonderful. Eli Johnson had a great recruitment, and he's gone up there, and he's a starter, and he's had a good career. And you know what? Good for that kid. Uh, Eli Acker, uh, a little bit confused from what I understand. You know, grew up cheering for Ole Miss, but many of the coaches that have recruited him to play at Ole Miss are, are no longer there. And so they're kind of having to figure this thing out. Ole Miss is still Ole Miss, just like Mississippi State would still be Mississippi State for many of our own children. And so I think Eli Acker will probably follow through and sign on with Ole Miss. And they will probably do everything they can this weekend to kind of undo any progress Mississippi State did last weekend. But there is some wiggle room there really for the first time. I've been told for months that Eli Acker's going to Ole Miss no matter who the head coach is. And that may ultimately be the truth. But I think it's a little more complicated right now than perhaps many people expect it to be, including myself. So State's in the game, but I still expect him to sign on with Ole Miss. Now, Khalil Benson out of South Haven, he was the guy that picked Ole Miss over Mississippi State earlier in the process. He is now back on the market. Mississippi State's been in contact with him. Mississippi State's Marcus Johnson, I know, had a in-home visit with he and his mother, if I'm not mistaken, earlier this week. That could be a guy you could end up adding. State has been after all those offensive linemen. Uh, Robert Scott being another one. Robert Scott out of Conway, Arkansas. The, the rub with him now, though, is Arkansas has made a coaching change. And the first thing you do as a new coach is you go out, you got to go back and take another swing at those in-state kids. You don't want to be playing against those guys and have to hear about that for four years. But Arkansas is trying to get Robert Scott to prolong the process, and I expect that to happen. I don't think he signs with Ole Miss on Wednesday. Then all of a sudden you give Mississippi State, Arkansas, and others basically, you know, six more weeks to recruit this kid and possibly get him on campus for an official visit in January. And so there's a real possibility that outside of Eli Acker that Ole Miss could lose all of their offensive line recruits because, again, Khalil Benson has already decommitted. You know, the way he worded that, it's a little bit curious, but it doesn't make him any less of a football player. You know, perhaps he didn't fit what they want to do offensively at Ole Miss. Don't know with the new staff. But there's always some ebb and flow. Now, defensive back Ja'Korian Bennett, originally out of Mobile, Alabama, played at McGill-Tulin. He's at Hutcherson Community College, and he took an official visit for Egg Bowl weekend. I think there is a really, really good chance that uh, Ja'Korian could be a Mississippi State signee on Wednesday. Now, He's supposed that there's a discussion about him taking a visit to Maryland this weekend. I just don't think he's going to pass on an opportunity to play in the SEC to go to play for Maryland. 
he has a relationship, obviously, with some of those guys that are at Maryland now who were at Alabama when he was a high school player. But that's one to really watch. Where he visited this weekend could be important. He may not visit at all. We'll see. But he is a guy, you know, State needs an older defensive back. You know, maybe he's a guy that can play safety. Maybe he's a guy that uh, that plays corner. He's listed as a corner. But, you know, a lot of those guys are interchangeable in the back end. And State really needs a veteran out there. With Cam Dancer going pro, and you, f- you feel good about your younger guys, Tyler Williams, Martin Emerson, Jari, and Jones. But to have another older guy in that mix because you're losing Smitherman and now Dantzler. And so to add another guy into the mix, whether it be a corner safety, is an important part of things. And, again, you get Marcus Murphy back at safety, and you feel good about you know Fred Peters kind of coming along. you got some some numbers back there. you got some younger guys that are kind of figuring this thing out. But, uh, again, to take an older DB is probably smart. Speaking of DBs, there is one guy that has really emerged in recent weeks there's a guy that State continued to kind of evaluate over the 2019 football season, and that's DeCamerion Richardson out of Bozier City, Louisiana. Joe was in there earlier this week. He was set to visit Tennessee this week, and that was the big discussion last weekend, is would he cancel that visit? Would he go ahead and commit to Mississippi State and become a Bulldog? He was set to visit Tennessee. All talk this week is, is that he was leaning towards not taking that visit to Tennessee. And as of this morning, I'm told he was not going to visit Tennessee. But the Texas A&M is trying to get him in this weekend. There's discussions about that. Now, if A&M brings him in this weekend, it does complicate things. But I believe right now, Mississippi State is the team to beat. Is absolutely the team to beat. 6'2", 175, 80 pounds, a legit 6'2", built a lot like Jonathan Banks, but he's really bigger at every metrics. You know, it's uh, it's one of those things you look at him and you say, this is a guy with a great length. And when you begin to pair up him and Emmanuel Forbes out there, it's going to be difficult to throw the dead gum fade against Mississippi State. I like the way they're going out and getting long, fast football players that can really run and will come up and hit. So if I had to call it today, I think State will add an offensive lineman and eventually add another linebacker, probably in February. But between now and Wednesday, there is the possibility State could add DeCamryon Richardson and then Ja'Korian Bennett. And then we'll see about the offensive line thing. And that's the thing, too. With If Robert Scott's going to wait and sign in February, you can take your time. With Khalil Benson opening it up about last night, you can take your time. Now, if you, if you decide, you know what, we want to go ahead and go and get Club Benson, you can do that. Because there's going to be a lot more hooks in the water after December signing day. Because there are a lot of people right now that are expecting to get kids they're not going to get. And they're going to have to recalibrate and then go after some other guys in January. And so if you see a guy that you really like, if Club Benson's your guy, then maybe you go ahead and take him on Wednesday if he's willing to do it. But again, I expect you take these DBs, you go out and get another offensive lineman. You go get a linebacker, and we'll see. We'll see what else is available. Maybe things work out. You take Rufus Harvey. I know there's a lot of people, and that's one of the things that I'll say about our Golden Triangle folks. You know, uh, a couple people on our message board have kind of joked about that, but nobody rides harder than the, the Jacket Nation at Starville High School. And, you know, my firm belief in all that is, is that I would much rather them play with me than against me. But again, I'm not partial to guys in my backyard. You know, I think you got to go go out and get the best 25 players you can get, no matter where they're from. But that's the big talk, as I always say. Well, you know, 
with this guy was right down the street. You know, I get it. You can't sign everybody, but I think he could be a late take. You know, he's got some work to do. You know, he's a kid that catches everything. He's the guy that gets open. And considering that Mississippi State's wide receiver position has been such a position of need for so many years, you throw some numbers at that and try to find the right mix. you got four guys lined up. You feel really good about all four of those guys, especially if they all sign on Wednesday. And as of right now, we expect everybody to sign on Wednesday. But that's Caleb Ducking. This is a guy that you brought in. You worked out yourself in camp. Incredible measurables. Malik Heat, the guy that we've known about forever and a day. An Under Armour All-American out of high school. Went and played at Cole Lynn. They don't throw it around a whole lot, but he made the most of his opportunities there. You look at Tulu Griffin, the most explosive receiver in the state of Mississippi this year, and he's been a little bit banged up this year, but don't get him right. Don't get him right. I think that's that's the thing with Tulu Griffin. I think you look at you, you he's kind of reminiscent of Chad Bompas a little bit, Jimmy on Lewis. And then you add Jaden Wiley in there. I mean, you know, that's a really good group. We've talked before about there have been times we looked at and thought we had a pretty good receiver group on paper. Uh, this is among the better ones that we've had in recent years on paper. And having had a chance to see most of these guys in person, I think you can feel good about the direction of that personnel group. But, you know, a couple of years ago, you signed Malik Heath. He goes to junior college. You, you signed Stephen Guidry. He never realizes his full potential. And you, you signed Devontae Jason, and he didn't make it. Uh, He comes to campus and just didn't work out. And so wish those guys the best. But again, football games aren't played on paper. They're they're played on grass. And we have got to find a way to get this passing game going. You know, Garrett Schrader will have a full full year of practice under his belt by the time that uh, he takes the field in the spring. You know, and and Garrett's probably going to have to have some, uh, you know, some rest. You know, he's got that foot ailment. I don't know if that's going to require surgery or not, but uh, but he's probably not going to be right for a little time. He's going to need some time off. But when you begin to think about what Garrett Schrader brings to the table, he's got to have the complementary pieces around him. I think the offensive line will be pretty good next year. We discussed the running backs earlier, but I think these young receivers are going to have to come out and really kind of supplement. But you, you kind of laugh to yourself and you think, well, who, okay, who are we losing this year at receiver that's irreplaceable? And that's no, the answer to that question is nobody. Nobody. I think the guys coming in are just as good as the guys going out, uh, with the exception of maybe Dedrick Thomas. And Dedrick Thomas became a big big play guy for us this year. But I, I think Tula Griffin can come in and, and be Dedrick Thomas. I, I think that's what he does. And uh, is an explosive player, certainly. But you've, I think the offensive line will be okay, and you feel good about Garrett, but you've got to get those offensive skill positions around him settled. That, that's the big chore of the spring. Do we have a youth movement at wide receiver? Possibly. Got some guys coming in that can play. You know, we know we're going to have a youth movement at running back, and so offensively you're going to be a little bit young. And so when you begin to think about the fact, okay, this is a very crucial year in Mississippi State football history. This is a very crucial year in Joe Moorhead's tenure. You're going to have to find the offensive pieces to make it work. Now, the good news is, is I, I think, ideally, outside of Kylan Hill, you're not losing a lot of guys that uh, that can't be replaced. One could argue for Rod Green that that's a pretty big loss offensively, and I, and I would agree with that. But it's going to be a youth movement on offense. Needless to say, I think if you know if you followed football at all, you kind of know what's going on uh, with this group. 
Got to have a big year next year. And you never know who's going to step up in the spring. But we have not had a receiver really step up in a long time. Everybody looks good in spring practice. And every time we come to the Maroon and White game, everybody's like, man, I can't wait to see this kid play. A few years ago it was Jesse Jackson. It's been Austin Williams the last couple of years. But uh, spring game success has not necessarily translated over to uh, major on-the-field success in the fall. That's got to change. I don't know if you guys are aware of this. Mississippi State Miss Basketball back in action tomorrow against Kansas State. That's going to be an early tip, 10.30 a.m. Get on up. Get your uh, get your cowbells out. Be ready. Be a little loud and proud. Going to be an interesting ball game. You know, we went up there and played well last year. Need to find a way to get this thing back on track. As you guys are like me, you're still disappointed about that Louisiana Tech loss. This Kansas State team, not a great team, but a team similar to Mississippi State. This will be a you know pretty comparable matchup. Looking through their stats here, uh, they took down North Dakota State in a season opener, 67-54. They win at UNLV, 60-56 in overtime. They take down Monmouth, 73-54, and then Arkansas Pine Bluff, 62-51. You look at some of those games and you think, you know, a Power 5 team should be blowing those, those teams out. They lose to Pitt, 63-59, and then lose to Bradley, 73-60 in the consolation game of the Quicken Lone Fort Myers tip-off classic. That's the Rocket Mortgage deal. And then this past Monday, they take down uh, Florida A&M, lose to, uh, excuse me, that's two Mondays ago, then they lose to Marquette, and then they beat Alabama State, and so they have beaten a lot of these. If you see, you see there, that's uh, three HBCUs on the schedule, and they have struggled against Power Five competition and against t- teams that are routinely in the tournament. And so this is going to be a game that I think Mississippi State should win. We had the benefit of having played in this thing last year, uh, but the state has got to find a way to get this thing on track. We're, we're running out of non-conference games, and you guys are well aware. We only got two games left without Nick Weatherspoon in the lineup. We have navigated this thing pretty well. I would say we should be 7-1 and one at this point. Still that Louisiana Tech loss still kind of looms large. But you win this one, and then you take down Radford. Your Radford will be back in Humphrey Coliseum. That's December the 18th at 7 o'clock. And it seems like it's been forever since we played there. We had we only played one game there uh, in Humphrey Coliseum. Uh, since we played UNO back on November 17th. So there has not been a lot of Humphrey Coliseum hoops. We'll take on Radford. That's the uh, this Wednesday. That's National Signing Day. So come on out and celebrate with us. We're just kind of looking here at the Highlanders. I don't know that we have played the Highlanders in some time. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think so. I could be mistaken. They are 3-5 and five on the year. Again, this is a chance for State to get a two-game winning streak and then head down to Jackson. You get Nick Weatherspoon back, and I believe that is going to give us a real lift. You're going to be able to play Tyson off the ball a lot more. I think Iverson Molnar has done a good job, but Nick is a little bit more explosive at times, and I think he's the best on-ball defender that we have. Got to get out and get going. So pretty soon, we'll be back to full strength. And uh, the good thing is we'll get one more game, non-conference, 
the return of uh, Nick Weatherspoon back to Humphrey Coliseum December 30th against Kent State. My hope is that uh, we'll have a big crowd that night. We need a big crowd that in Jackson. There are lots. One of the things we talked about on the show before, Mississippi State, as an athletic department, does a good job taking the show on the road. And, and all the time during these Christmas holidays, we always take a game down to Jackson. If not, we'd have about 100 people here in the hump. It's kind of how that works. But uh, glad to have the game in Jackson. I know they've played in Tupelo before. I think we played in South Haven, played Biloxi before. It's good to take the show on the road. There are many, many kids that get to go to that ball game, but won't be able to get to come up here, even though it's only a couple hours away. So my hope is we can have some good crowds, because before you know it, we're going to be in SEC play. That's when the big crowds are expected to come. The women will be back in action on Monday night. You know, we've lost two in a row. It's almost unheard of, you know, with Vic Schaefer. You know, we we have grown accustomed to winning. We've we open the season eight no, and we lose. Uh, you know, we lose. You know, to Stanford, no shame in that one. Lose by five. You know, we get down in that one, and then uh, West Virginia, a veteran team. But listen, we lost the ball game. Okay, that, that they made the plays to win in the fourth, but we lost. We scored ten points in the fourth quarter. We lost the game. Fifteen of thirty from free throw line. We lost the game. Get a chance at some redemption on Monday. This is an ESPN Plus game. Going to play that game Monday morning, 11 a.m. So you'll have to uh, to get up early again, morning basketball, two of the next three days uh, for uh, for the Mississippi State fans. Interesting how it all works out. And it's not even Christmas time yet. Eager to see uh, the ladies bounce back here. But uh, looking at the, uh, the Raging Cajuns. This is one of those deals, too, where, you know, we've simply got to find a way to win. No matter where they are or what's going on with them, we've got to find a way to win the ball game. And I'm sure they feel the same way. They're eager to get a team like Mississippi State that has kind of come in uh, reeling a little bit, shall we say. But uh, this Louisiana team, not a great team, but a good team. Currently 6-2 and two on the year. They've beaten Loyola up New Orleans. They lose to Sam Houston State. They beat McNeese. They beat Southeastern. They beat. They went at UNO. They went at Lamar. And then they take down Xavier, Louisiana in the Cajun Dome back on December 2nd. They lose to North Texas in Denton, Texas by three. So, again, they're six and two, but they have been in every game. This is a team that's used to winning. So this, again, is a team that we should we should win against. Interesting, UL Lafayette, yes, I said it, there I say it again, ULL will host Mississippi State and then go on the road to play Ole Miss. So they'll get the Mississippi sweep there back-to-back. So that's where we are. It's kind of quiet right now. It's about Now it's about signing day. It's about football. And uh, we, we will see Joe Moorhead a little bit later today. We have not been able to watch practices. But we are eager to hear what Joe has to say about the direction of things. Now, we know we're going to be playing uh, Louisville December 30th in the Music City Bowl. Now, I, I saw that uh, some people beginning to forecast Louisville as a favorite in that ball game. It is interesting to me that uh, as, as skilled as Mississippi State is running the football, that people would pick Louisville to win the ball game. And, uh, and, and let me give you a couple of things that I would say about that. 
So Louisville played Washington, Washington, played Kentucky uh, in their uh, rivalry game at the end of the year. And let's run some numbers. That's a 45-13 game. Kentucky wins 45-13. As a team, Kentucky runs for 517 yards. 517 on 40 attempts, 12.9 yards per carry, six touchdowns, only had one negative rushing play. One. They threw it two times. One for two for four yards. That's it. And again, they ran for 517 yards. I don't know who your defensive coordinator is, but listen, my goodness, if you can't force a pass, it's ridiculous. And so when I read this and I think, okay, all right, what did Kentucky do offensively? Well, they ran the football, but you look at Lynn Bowden, you know, I, I can't say that you know, Garrett Schrader is the same athlete Lynn Bowden is. I think Lynn Bowden's a first-round draft pick. Guys, Bowden goes 22 carries for 284 yards, four touchdowns. To say Louisville is susceptible to the quarterback run would be putting it mildly. Chris Rodriguez, nine carries, 125 yards. Average 13.9 a carry. Cavassier Smoke, two carries, 75 yards with a long of 70. And he didn't score. You know, and so these guys ran at will against this Louisville Cardinal defense. I think this is a great matchup for Mississippi State. We'll get a lot more into that as we get closer to the ball game. But I look at this and I think, okay, State wants to run the football. State can run the football. State can run it with a multiple uh, attack. You know, we can throw it around a little bit, but we can spread you out and uh, run it right at you. And this Louisville team had everything to play for, you know, that they really did. And then you get in that rivalry game and you get absolutely shelled like that. It's just one of those things I look at and I kind of scratch my head against. And then, you know, UL goes with uh, two quarterbacks in a game. They go 10 of 19 for 109 yards. And then I've read people said, well, you know, I don't know that Mississippi State can stop uh, the Louisville running game. You know, if we didn't have Lee Autry and Marcus Murphy and Willie Gay, I might be more concerned. That's, again, that's the, the difficult thing about handicapping games against Mississippi State is people just look at, they look at a snapshot of the statistics. They look at that and say, hey, listen, State struggled to stop the run. Well, what did we do against these teams when um, – we were full strength on defense. What did we do against those teams? Those are the questions that I have. And so don't buy into any of that stuff. Don't think, oh, well, you know, Louisville's going to run all over us. They're not. If they do, it'll be a big surprise. Mississippi State's going to win the football game. That's how I feel about it. I think Mississippi State, number one, I think Jim Moorhead understands you know, a lot of the negative feelings last year. I mean, you win the egg and then, you you know, we, we lose to, to Iowa a team that we were better than. And if you recall, we got up early in defensive. We were playing outstanding. Then we'd give up a big play here, and we start pouting a little bit. And then we battle back. We get the big special teams play. We take the lead. And it's like, okay, we're all right, we're good. Let's go. Let's go. We weren't able to finish. So 
this team, in my mind, I expect them to be motivated and ready to go. Might be a little rust early on, but I believe, listen, when you can run the football, when you can run the football and stop the run, you're going to win more games than you lose. And this is a ball game that I think when you look at it, and again, games aren't played on paper, but this paper reflects what Mississippi State and Louisville did in their most recent ball games. And I remember, I'm old enough to remember that there were a lot of people that said Ole Miss was going to run all over Mississippi State. Maybe you are too. But I remember that. And I don't know if you recall, Mississippi State did a really good job against the run, uh, against Ole Miss. And, you know, we had uh, we had Willie Gay, and I've read some of the the, the uh, commentary from some Ole Miss people saying, well, if they don't have Willie Gay, they lose. But we did have Willie Gay, and we won. And so a lot of discussion about what Willie Gay is going to do. I, I'm going to tell you, the, the, the latest information I have is Willie Gay is going to return. You know, I don't know that he'll make a declaration. But uh, we'll ask Joe t- today. Joe, what are you hearing? Those are the things that I think about. You know, we have the benefit of talking to the coach. So we'll ask him. But in that game against Ole Miss, I don't know if you're aware of this, but let me, let me run it down for you again. Ole Miss runs for 139 yards net. 139. Average three yards a carry. Three yards a carry. Three yards a carry. Louisville doesn't throw the football very well. I think we're going to be all right. Maybe it's just me, but I think we're going to be okay. So we're going to get ready for uh, – Paul Jones and I are going to be kind of watching the Twitter wire here in the next several hours to see if any of the guys that we're recruiting, that we're expecting, uh, sneak off and take official visits somewhere else. If they do, that's that's obviously bad news. It's obviously bad news. And, again, I say any surprises this time of year are the bad variety. So we'll see what happens. But we'll be watching that and see if guys pop up and, you know, if anybody's at a gas station in Oxford being interviewed or anything like that, we'll let you know. I'm old enough to remember that too. But outside of that, we're expecting a quiet weekend. But all that said, we've learned to expect the unexpected. Everybody right now that's currently committed to Mississippi State, the ones that we're counting, are expected to sign on Wednesday. And so anytime that if anybody announces they're going to prolong the process, then that's time to worry. The main thing that Mississippi State needs to do now is to get into Wednesday without any drama, unless it is a deposited variety. You add two or three more guys, you get the bulk of your class signed in December, then you go win the bowl game. And then you go out there and you finish up in, in February and pick up maybe one or two more guys feel good about life, and then you get ready for a short offseason, and the next thing you know, we're in the spring practice. That's on the, the Bulldog to-do list right now. And so the main thing now is finalizing this recruiting class, and your coaches are going to be on the road. While many other coaches are hosting visitors, your coaches will be awaiting for guys to get home from ball games and from official visits. And then they'll get their final in, in-person visits with them before the signing period opens on December 18th. And that'll be it. And so uh, this is the kind of the calm before the storm. But uh, be sure to keep in touch with us over on jeanspage.com, the Mississippi State affiliate for 247 Sports. Remind you, for those of you that are in the Jackson metro area, I will be very, very busy tomorrow. I am going to be three book signings in Jackson metro. Three book signings in Jackson metro. And let me give those to you real quick here. So we're going to start today. 
1130 to 130 at College Corner in Ridgeland. 1130 to 130, College Corner in Ridgeland. I'll leave there and go to Lemuria Books in Jackson from 2 to 3. That'll be a quick one. 2 to 3 in Lemuria. We'll leave there and go to College Corner in Flowood. I'll be there from 3.30 to 5.30. So again, College Corner, Ridgeland, 11.30 to 1.30. Lemuria Books, 2 to 3. College Corner in Flowood, 3.30 to 5.30. Come out, say hello. Come get some books for all the Bulldogs on your Christmas list. If you can't make it to town, you can order your book book at starkvillainstobook.com. Again, that's starkvillainstobook.com. And remember, if you wait, chances are it won't get here to, by Christmas. But uh, I will give the publisher credit. They're having me sign books pretty much every day, and they're getting them in the mail. We, there, there were some orders yesterday. They were ordered yesterday. They were in the mail this morning. So they're trying to turn it around really quick. Everybody is sensitive to the, the fact that you are uh, buying these for Christmas. And so... If you haven't done so, you've still got time to do so. Don't wait, though. Do not delay, because once we get into next week, I can't promise anything. I don't have a sleigh or anything out there. And if you're looking for to clothe yourself in villainy, you can do that at StarkVillains.com. Please go and order the shirts, the hoodies. Uh, love to see you guys repping that out there. So, again, big weekend uh, for us in many respects, because we're going to kind of take a pause here. But your coaches will be on the road, and we will do our best to kind of keep you updated over on the True Maroon message board as part of jeanspage.com. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends and enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.